Hello, 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 and welcome to the Mo Money Podcast, episode 126, and another of my listener series episodes. I am so excited to be back with some more listener series episodes, so I know you're going to love this one. This one, I chat with Sylvia Bourgeois, uh, and uh, well, you're just going to love it because she is a great personal finance story that she was uh, you know, willing to share with you. And of course, if you're listening right now, you're like, huh, you mean people can get on your podcast? Podcast and share their story with you and to everyone else who's listening. Yeah, that is a thing that you can do. Anyone, anybody who is open to uh, letting lots of people hear your story and taking some time to chat with me. And I promise I'm not scary. It's actually a lot of fun. So if you wanted to do that, look more into that. Highly recommend you go to the show notes at jessicamorehouse.com slash 126 to find out more details on how to uh, get in touch with me and see if you can get on the show. Now, before I get to that interview with Sylvia, here are some words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Credit Card Genius, the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. Visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, that's creditcardgenius.ca. Thank you, Sylvia, for joining me on the show. I'm excited to chat. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, and you're from Vancouver, my hometown, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not from Vancouver, you but live I, in Vancouver. I live in North, Yeah, I live in North Vancouver now. Mm-hmm. I'm actually from the northern tip of Vancouver Island. Oh, um, nice. Outside of a town called Barbadio. I grew up in uh, a camp town called Kokish and then uh, Hyde Creek, which oh, is yeah. sort of like a rural area. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. Love BC. I miss it all the time. <laughs> Though I feel like you've uh, definitely gotten some terrible uh, weather this winter, just like constant rain. Yeah, so don't miss that. <laughs> you know, it has its moments. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, North Van is, although it rains, we all say that, but uh, mm-hmm. at least a sunny day here is, you know, it's sunny from five in the morning until 10 at night kind of mm-hmm. thing. Whereas in my hometown, a sunny day is when the sun comes out for like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh, no way. Yeah, I don't think I could uh, deal with that. <laughs> you don't um, realize that that's what it's like until you leave. So no, anyway. for sure. You're just used to what you're used to. Um, so thank you for emailing me uh, you know, and kind of pitching your story to be on my show. I absolutely loved uh, your story, so I'm excited to get into it. So uh, what I kind of gathered from your email is, you know, kind of what you, you know, a message that you really want to get out based on your experience is that, um, especially people, you know, maybe in high school thinking about what they want to do with their careers, it does seem kind of like we're all told, you know, the one route to success is university. That is how you, you know, are able to secure a good job, a good salary, da da da, which is kind of untrue. Being a millennial who like went to university and it wasn't as easy as they all said, you went, you took a different route. And, you know, kind of proved that theory wrong. So I'd love to kind of chat about how, like, you you said that you excelled in high school, but you decided not to go to university. I'd love to kind of pick up there and find out why, why did you make that choice? I guess a number of things. I mean, I, I did very well at school. Mm-hmm. I was always... It, it, it agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> I finished high school at 17. I had skipped a grade somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Um. And yeah, the idea of going for another four four years of school didn't appeal to me Mm -hmm. as as a first step. 
Um, I also had some some stuff going on at home. My dad really wanted me to stay and and take over or join him mm-hmm. in his business, which would not have you know included going to to post secondary yeah. at all, or at least not at that time. And and part of that argument, um, the financial support for going to school was withdrawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's put it. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at my options, I was kind of like. Uh, you know, four years isn't going to happen. Um, it was actually my mom, I think, you know, there wasn't a lot of online stuff then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mm-hmm. my mom who found this, the building course at BCIT that I ultimately ended up going to. Mm-hmm. And I'd always loved doing stuff with my hands. Like, I mean, when I was five years old, I asked for wood for Christmas, right? Oh. <laughs> so build stuff for my dolls or whatever. Um, and, you know, we, we'd always, um, I had just finished kind of with my sister and brother building a house across the street. Like my dad would come home after work and show me what to do. And then we'd go and work on it until we were Mm -hmm. done or got stuck or whatever. Um, So I had a lot of experience and I knew that I liked that kind of stuff. It's not so much the building, it's the seeing what you do every day, like having something Mm -hmm. physical that is either, you know, that is getting done um, and not just moving paper around. So when I read the course outline at VCIT, I was just like, yeah, I'm going there. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it was a no brainer for me. And it, and it turned out to be a really good decision all around. It was a a great experience. So Um, was it just a a year program or how long did it take? It it was a two year diploma program at that time. Um, I believe now it's a four year program actually there. Um, And they're like, they're trying to get a little bit more, Mm -hmm. almost like a degree going there. Um, but I, I, I know there's still certificate um, options there. Um, and BCIT, like the, you know, it's a technical school. Mm-hmm. Um, the demographic's quite a bit different. I was the youngest by far in my class. <laughs> and the average age was probably closer to 35. Like there's a lot of people coming in with a ton of experience, um, which also makes for an interesting um experience it's more it's more real life like it's more Mm -hmm. closer to what you end up finding in the work world right like there's people that have a ton of experience and then there's people like me that came straight out of high school and still remember how to do the math so you help each other yeah so Um, what exactly did you study in that program so building technology is essentially a project management course Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to it had two streams the first year was the same for everybody And then you had to pick either going into building economics, which was more project management, or building architectural or design. I can't remember what the name of it was. And that was more for people going towards interior design or maybe working for an architect, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took the economics side of it. So a lot of um, courses, I mean, along with the physics and the math and the civil Mm -hmm. and structural type classes, there was also... also, uh, contracts, um, probably the most uh, useful course I ever took was technical communications. Mm-hmm. We all hated it. And <laughs> it's probably the thing I use the most, like every day of my life now, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was, and, and I mean, a lot of drawing and design as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and people came out of it doing all kinds of different things. I mean, I ended up going towards like uh, the subcontractor route. So like mm-hmm. very specialized. Um, my husband, who I met at school, mm-hmm. I had a good chance of that. Like it was, I think, six women and 84 men. Or <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. If you want to meet a guy, go to building tech. If you want to meet a girl, go take nursing. at BCIP. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that, 
that's kind of the direction that the like if you use all of your skills, you're mm-hmm. you're moving into project management or project coordination for a general contractor who does some type of building, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the course is was uh, was geared towards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so what was your kind of you know once you finished school? I'm I'm so curious with that because I really don't know anything about going into the trades. Um, is it similar to like you finish you know school, you get your certificate? How do you find your first job? Oh, that's always a trick, isn't it? I mean, yeah. sometimes I feel like that's <laughs> sometimes I feel like that's the only reason you go to school. And if that's the only reason you mm-hmm. go to school, then why not make it shorter? You know exactly. <laughs> um, so I got my first job just by applying to job postings, honestly. Um, And my very first job was not what I wanted to do, but it was on site and it was um, a site clerking position. So really it was, they were building what I call the new library, which is no longer so new with the library (laughs) in downtown Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And there was all kinds of trades working on that. And I worked for an electrical contractor at the time. So I was in their site office. I managed all of their paper is what I did. And uh, yeah, it was... It was good, but I Mm kind of figured it out after about, I don't know, probably three or four months and then was a little bit bored and eventually the job ended when when the uh, work at the site was finished, when the building was done and Mm -hmm. I phoned my husband, I'm like, oh, I got laid off and he goes, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) I've been complaining about that I wasn't kind of challenged anymore, right? Because I kind of figured it out. Um, So, I mean, that was really just a paper. It was an admin job, but it was on a construction site. That's really what it was. Yeah, you just kind of need to get your kind of experience out of school to start yourself off. Yeah, and then after that, I, I... I put some feelers out to some people that I had I knew through, I can't remember exactly how it went, but some people that I knew through uh, going to school at BCIT who had landed jobs at different places. And the one guy um, was working for an excavation and shoring company, and um, they were looking for some field personnel. So he kind of got me in contact with the guy that uh, ended up hiring me and was sort of my mentor for for a good 10 years probably or more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And nice. When I started working um, in the excavation and shoring world, which probably most people don't know what it is. No, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so it's, I mean, in downtown Vancouver, if a high rise goes in, mm-hmm. there's usually whatever, three, six levels of parkade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to dig the hole for the parkade, you can't slope because you've got roads all around. So right. you need to dig vertically. So the vertical concrete Mm-hmm. or shotcrete that's on the walls is is what I do now for a oh. living um, or what I manage I manage a company that does that so it involves really anchors like vertical mm-hmm. or horizontal anchors tie back anchors into the like underneath the roads on all mm-hmm. four sides and then you spray you trim the slopes vertical in mm-hmm. panels and you shoot concrete onto the wall which is called oh. shotcrete and that's what is allows it's basically a temporary excavation which the builders then come in and build the building inside of, if that makes any sense. That's interesting. I've definitely like walked by some like sites like in Vancouver (laughs) and it's just like this big hole and you're like, what's that about? How are they going to, yeah, it's just kind of a big mystery to me how these things work. So that's pretty, thanks for illuminating me. (laughs) Um, One thing that I forgot to, oh, sorry. No, I I just remembered uh, one thing I remember you did email me though was, uh, you know, making that choice to go to BCIT to do this uh, kind of non-traditional career, especially as a woman, you also were able to do it without getting yourself into debt, with, which is also sort of a, an anomaly. 
so that I left. I had fifty two hundred dollars of babysitting money in my <laughs> bank account when I left home. I've not just babysitting yeah, money. Okay. I also worked a fair bit for my dad. Like he had, uh, he was a road builder, so he had heavy equipment. So I used to run dump trucks and excavators and things like that for him as well, and worked on a sawmill for him and those mm-hmm. those kinds of things. But they were kind of limited to. You know, I was a high school student, so they're limited to after school and weekends and summers, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that was my entire life savings that I left home with. And wow. uh, I did get a scholarship, an entrance scholarship into BCIT. Oh, that's um, Which was a fair chunk. I think it was $10,000. So oh, yeah. That helped That'll do lot. it. <laughs> yeah, that helped a lot for the first. So the first year I stayed in residence, mm-hmm. um, I only had one summer between the two years of school, and I got a summer job doing some drafting for an architect mm-hmm. out in the valley, which was great, except I had to buy a car. So that oh. was a big <laughs> first yeah. time thing for me. Definitely. Um, a used car, of course, with cash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and then the second year uh, at, at BCIT, I also stayed in residence, but I was I applied for a job as a residence advisor. So mm-hmm. they, they have sort of... Um, sort of apartment style houses there where there's 48 people in a house, 12 people per unit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's one residence advisor for that for those 48 people. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, you get an apartment um, that you don't have to pay for essentially. So oh, you have a bunch nice. of duties to do and you don't get paid anything, but you get to live for free. So that was the other big help. Definitely. Um, Some yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then I was just frugal, frugal, frugal. Like yeah. I wouldn't take the bus to save the dollar fifty. That's just how I was. <laughs> that right. sounds like me. <laughs> well, I know, and I like I, I have to say I've lost some of that now. And yeah. We're paying for it, but we're we're back on that track a little bit now. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then and then I think um the second year I also did quite well. There was a there there's a some was some kind of financial award. I should know this, but I don't remember. <laughs> For um, getting top marks on the first uh, year of mm-hmm. BCIT, so and I managed to do that too. I worked hard at that. I knew mm-hmm. knew I needed to get that, yeah, uh, in order to keep going to school because I didn't have the money otherwise. So yeah, yeah. that was I'd- sort of my motive. To put in all my time into work, so absolutely, it definitely pays to excel at school. I feel like, as like you know, simple and as like obvious as that is, a lot of people. Even when I was in university, I never thought then when I was in university to even like try to get some of these financial grants or bursaries or awards or anything like that. Like I, I got some, you know, an entrance scholarship uh, like yourself that paid for my first year. But after that, I just kind of, I didn't even really know when you're in yeah, school, there were things you available. Get, yeah, you get so busy, right? Yeah, like you, get you get too get busy. busy. And I mean, I think if my parents were paying for my school, I probably wouldn't have looked yeah. around so much, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, it was desperation that made yeah, me Yeah, that's true. That is always sort of helpful. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's not a bad way to learn, right? Yeah. It's a sink or swim kind of thing. So you... Yeah, and then we... My, yeah. And then this, the year after we graduated, my husband and I actually... Well, he's my husband now, but mm-hmm. he's my boyfriend at the time. We both applied to do the residence advisor position as a couple, even though we weren't going to school there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really helped take the pressure off when we finished Oh, school. nice. Uh, because he didn't find work right away and uh yeah so that's awesome that's that's amazing it wasn't yeah it wasn't an ideal kind of place to live but it was perfect I mean again 
rent free. Come on. Exactly. Rent free. <laughs> and when you're just starting out after school, you got to do what you got to do, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like a lot of pressure off kind of making decisions and choices for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, since you uh, do currently live in Vancouver, specifically North Van, which is like more expensive than Vancouver, I know one of the things that you told me was uh, you are a homeowner, you own a home in North Van, and you're you're really close to paying it off, which is also a miracle. <laughs> like that is unheard of for people in Vancouver. They're just like buried in debt. Um, and it's your house obviously being in Vancouver is worth a pretty penny now. Now, yeah. is that because you, uh, bought early? Like when did you buy your house? I think so. I mean, we actually bought a townhouse in North Van before we even got married, which is not what you're supposed to do. When, eh. But anyways, we did. <laughs> we, we were sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we did that. That was probably 15. Well, it would have been like 97, so that's almost 20 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I get, you know, geez, Louise, eh? Yeah, time flies, right? It does. <laughs> yeah, so that that would be why, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then about 12 years, 13 years ago now, we mm -hmm. moved up to a house. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, housing has probably doubled since then, for sure. But oh, it was sure. still a 400000 plus mortgage at that time, right? Yeah. So, um and, but that's one of the things that my husband and I both kind of agree on is whenever there is extra money, that's where it goes is goes towards the mortgage where we don't really buy into the it's low interest rates and yada yada. We just want to we just want it you gone. Just want it gone. <laughs> Especially when you're only like you said five years out or Yeah, I think so. I think we're I I, I think we can do it. I think yeah. we can do it. That's amazing. So I'm curious, since you know your house has increased in value so much, and you're so close to being debt free, will you just continue to live in that house, or will you make the decision? Yes. Yeah, you're just gonna you're not gonna no. sell and maybe no, move to place I mean, else. We're, we're using it to its fullest right now with two yeah. teenage boys, mm -hmm. um, but one's going off to university next year, so there's an empty room, mm -hmm. right? The other one will follow, I'm sure, in three or four years, and there's another empty room. It's we're not uh, we're definitely not upgrading, and that was right. But, you know, and that's one of the things that we did right is you know whatever you go to the bank and they're like oh but you could do this it's like yeah no exactly so saying saying no to that additional credit that they would give you mm -hmm. as your salary increases or your income increases that was one of the things I think that we did right for sure oh absolutely because yeah. of course every time you go to the bank they're like oh I mean this happens to me all the time every time I go to the bank oh we yeah. here's some a line of credit or this and that I'm like I don't want that or need that but it's yeah. because I'm aware of kind of the repercussions if you say yes you know you may kind of just slide into debt without really realizing it but lots of people don't they just think they're being you know oh that person's so helpful how nice i got something for free yes. yeah yeah exactly and i mean yeah you can very quickly go backwards too right like mm -hmm. i mean with the housing prices going up you can you know refinance and kind of feel like you're doing okay but really you're going backwards mm -hmm. if you're taking equity out right so exactly. and i know i have a lot of peers that have done that and i just look and go oh i'm just glad we haven't had to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So you've definitely done uh, a lot of things right when it comes to your finances. And lots of them are just very easy things that have like a big impact, it seems. You know, you lived, you know, within your means, you were frugal, you, you know, uh, 
were able to get free rent while in school. Um, but what are some of the things I would love to know that maybe some kind of money mistakes that you've made that you have learned from that maybe some people can learn from too. <laughs> I think they're always helpful when people share. I mean, everyone has money mistakes. Everyone makes these Well, things, here's you know? one. Don't go to a home renovation so after you've had a bunch of drinks with your husband because <laughs> you might you might accidentally buy a hot tub and put a thousand dollars down and uh, guess what we still don't have a hot hot tub. So. No, <laughs> there's my biggest one. Oh my that gosh, is absolutely the biggest one. So wait, so you um, put a down payment on a, uh-huh. a hot tub yeah. and you still haven't I, gotten it? No, and we never will. Like I mean, it's it's done and gone. Like I was just oh. like, okay, that's the lesson. Because what basic I tried to get it back, but what they do is they give um, most of that is a commission for the salesman, right? So oh. that's how that works. And it wasn't that we weren't we didn't think we were going to get it. It was just that yes, we kind of came. Let, let me put it another. Way. It wasn't a total impulse. Mm-hmm. It was something we had been talking about. Yeah. But a few different things happened, and you know, money situation changed. And we were like, yeah, no, like this is, we're not going to spend another $8,000 and do that. Mm-hmm. That's not where our priority is right now. So that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest one that where it's like total cash out. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure like, yeah. we've made other ones that have cost us <laughs> equal amounts of money, but not in such a sort of one single chunk, yeah. total embarrassing story kind of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's the, like, even though you didn't even get your hot tub, the people that I do that know that have hot tubs, they also regret having them because just the maintenance yeah. alone is so yeah. expensive. I mean, I love good hot tub, but I don't think I'll ever own it. I will definitely yeah, go no, to a place to enjoy it. go to. I know. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> so that, that was definitely one. And then, you know, honestly, just in the last few years, we've we've been doing very well. We've mm-hmm. had some, like we both run a, a work as consultants or contractors. Mm-hmm. Now we kind of run our own. We work by the hour, basically, for different nice. clients. And we've been doing very, very well. Um, and honestly, we kind of took our eye off the ball, right? Like right. we used to do sort of, I call them annual financial family meetings, right? Mm-hmm. With minutes and everything. Oh, wow. Used to laugh at me, but it was a good thing just to sit yeah. down because I do the money in the family, right? Yeah. And, you know, he kind of, <laughs> he always jokes he has no idea what he spends on anything and mm-hmm. he doesn't, and it doesn't matter because I look after it all. And that was sort of part of our wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> I would take care of that side of things, but he still needs to know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and kind of be involved. And, and you know, so yeah, we've, we've as a, just what I mean by taking our eye mm-hmm. off the ball, like we've, we've done things like trips and uh, vacations and some big purchases, mm-hmm. like a car mm-hmm. um, and recreational stuff that are, I'm not sorry that we bought them because we're in definitely in a position to have them all paid off here in the next six months, mm-hmm. which is my, <laughs> Good. what I'm currently working on. Um, but you know, it, I think if we had been as attuned to the ins and outs of what's going on, um, just being more mindful yeah. about where the money was going. If we were being as mindful about where the money was going at that time as we are mm-hmm. right now since sort of the beginning of January when I kind of raised the alarm bells. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that we would have not have made those decisions, but I think there are other things that we would have taken off the list yeah. of things to buy and um, the, some of the smaller stuff and just wouldn't quite be where we are right now. So, yeah, I think sometimes, you know, the, the same way as, you know, we used to, we used to, when we got a raise, we would save that money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, then you you know, and you get to a point where every bit of extra money, like once you have your mortgage and your uh, utilities and mm-hmm. you know everything else, kind of, and a certain amount for food coming into the house, everything you get on top of that is kind of gravy, right? Like it's kind of yeah. play money because there isn't anything else that that needs your attention. Um, and yeah, maybe we played a little bit harder the last three or four years, but on the flip side, it's also been a wonderful time for our family, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, like I said, we have one moving out. So those activities, those memories, that together time, I wouldn't necessarily trade that for, for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, yeah, the important thing is you realized you need to kind of switch gears a bit. And I think that's the important thing is like, oh, I think we've been going a little crazy, a little overboard. We need to fix it. Most people never get to that point that they realize this until it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And and again, we're blessed with a with a healthy income, so as long mm-hmm. as we direct it into the right places, it's a it's it's we haven't dug ourselves a hole that we can't fix. So Absolutely. Um but yeah, definitely if we kept going without recognizing it, that would be a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Before we um kind of end things, I would I always like to ask uh especially my listeners, what's kind of one kind of nugget they would love list other listeners listening right now to take away from this. Like what is something that you've learned along the way or that you've done that has really worked for you that has really kind of changed the game for you financially? Well, I think actually it goes right back to the beginning of our yeah. discussion. I didn't realize it at the time, but number one, going into the building kind of world was something that I was obviously passionate about right from a very young age. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I like. I, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the idea of not needing that university degree, uh, we really need to talk about that more yeah. as, a, as a complete society. You know, um, we need little girls like <laughs> Yeah. I have this great photo of my steel toe boot, one steel toe boot and one red high heel in the <laughs> back of my car. Um, and there was actually this old, old, it was a grandfather with his young daughter who walked by and he just looked at me and he said, you know, that's quite the, the change or that's quite the mm-hmm. transformation or the difference. And I got into quite a conversation with him and I, I was actually talking to the little girl because that's who we need yeah. to say to them. It's like, you know, there is so much out there. Yeah. Um, so much work, everything that gets built, everything that gets done, every single thing you consume or take into your house is built or made by somebody. And these are all jobs that our teachers and school counselors don't know about. Yeah. They just don't. They think they do, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so for parents, you know, think about what your kids love to do. If they're Lego people, then yeah, let's look at some of the building stuff, yeah. right? Um, you don't need to be super bright to go into trades but you also don't want to cross it off your list if you are good academically right yes um for me i i rose up the ranks at record speed because when someone gave me a budget i understood the i understood how to do the math for productions Mm -hmm. right i I understood how to figure out how many trucks per hour i needed to get out of the hole in order to get so many cubic meters over to the barge like i could do that math Mm -hmm. and so very soon they were wanted me in the office and that's where i i i did that reluctantly eventually i really wanted to be in the field um 
and I always it's it's, it's not not a <laughs> super politically correct term, but mm-hmm. I'm a smart fish in a dumb pool. <laughs> I, I, I I wouldn't be the top lawyer or a top mm-hmm. brain surgeon or a top rocket scientist, mm-hmm. but very often um, in construction, I am one of the smarter people um, mm-hmm. out there. And it gives me the opportunity to rise up. It gives me the opportunity now to run a business, right? Mm-hmm. So to get into a trade that you think you might be interested in or that you have an affinity to or that you're drawn towards for some reason or another, it doesn't mean that you en- you keep doing that work necessarily. Yeah. You may end up running the business that does that work, mm-hmm. right? And the best business owners are the ones that have that background, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to run an electrical company, it helps if you are an electrician, mm-hmm. not just an MBA, because yeah. you always have fights otherwise. So, <laughs> yeah, I just I wish we would talk about it more. And I don't know how how to get that word out. It needs to happen way earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it can't mm-hmm. be happening in grade 10, 11, 12 in, yeah. in um, career choices or whatever. Like there needs to be examples at age five, six, seven, eight in elementary school yeah. for the kids and for the parents. Right. So the parents aren't scared when their kid says, oh, I want to go. I want exactly. to be a baker. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. There are so it many jobs. Scare a parent. It should be like, excellent. Go do that. Yeah, trade, go do your right? passion. Exactly. No, Figure I, it out and, and you will excel. There is not enough of us doing that. Right. Yeah. So, no, I agree. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, totally had the misconception when I was in high school that the only route was university because I didn't and trades were you know I knew was mainly uh you know male oriented that those were kind of like the people that got those jobs and I just I didn't know I didn't have an example of anyone like me who would do that and maybe if I did maybe I would have you know it would have nice to know that that was an option so I'm so glad that you took the time to chat with me especially the open-ended ones too right Mm -hmm. like I mean there's nursing which always ends up in the same place yeah lab technician ends up in the same place but then there's these broader ones right like design and building and whatever where people from our class went into all kinds of different positions Mm -hmm. right like it's the job description isn't isn't single so Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Well, thanks, Sylvia, for There's joining my one me. thing. I loved it. It was perfect. It was the perfect uh, way to kind of uh, wrap everything up. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. No problem. It was very fun. Take care. And that was episode 126 of the Mo Money podcast with my listener series guest, Sylvia Bourgeois from Vancouver. And uh, it was such a blast chatting with her. But if you're listening and you're like, hey, I want to do what Sylvia did and get on your show and share my story. Well, you can go to the show notes at jessicamorehouse.com slash 126. And uh, there's going to be some details in there on how to get in touch with me to uh, become a future listener series guest yourself. Uh, Now, before uh, I wrap this episode up, there's a few important words I want to share about this episode's sponsor. A big thank you to Credit Card Genius for supporting the Mo Money podcast. If you're not aware, they are the only tool that compares over 50 features of 150 Canadian credit cards by using math-based ratings and rankings that respond to your needs instantly. Now you can get rewarded faster without all the headache. If you want to find the best credit card for you, make sure to check out creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. Once again, visit creditcardgenius.ca to learn more. 
All right. So thanks again for listening. As a uh, friendly reminder, I, throughout this whole season, am doing a contest uh, where it's super easy. You can potentially win a $25 Amazon gift card if you leave me an iTunes review. If you check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 126, there will be a full contest details on how to enter. But I am giving away uh, one gift card in November this month and another one in December. So it's if you uh, enter in November and you don't win, you're still eligible to win in December. So two times to win. So make sure to check out the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 126 for full contest details. Um, okay, that is it for me for this lovely Thursday day. But I will see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh new episode that you are going to love. I promise. Peace. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.